What is up? All you beautiful people. I'm going to go ahead and apologize in advance if the audio on this episode is a little bad. You know, recently I haven't had the uh, time or space at home to record these on my microphone. And my audio interface is all fucked up anyway. So, I mean, not like it would be much better on on the computer without that audio interface uh, working at 100%. So... Yeah, I am in kind of a small, echoey room right now. Basically just a public bathroom. I felt like, you know, this might give me the best audio quality available to me at the moment. You know, hopefully in the next couple months I'll have my life back <laughs> to, you know, at least have like my own space again. It'll be nice. It'll be nice to finally be able to just record these at home without worrying about waking other people up or or anything like that. So, you know, in the meantime, just bear with me um, on these last couple episodes of this first season. We're just going to finish out the Universe, and then I'm going to talk about one more bonus movie just because I kind of found it the other day and uh, felt like I wanted to talk about it. So... We'll just throw that one on the end of the the whole run. Any hoosers, today we're going to be talking about Dogma. That's right, that's next up on the Universe. after I believe Chasing Amy was the last one we uh, talked about it from the Universe before going into Halloween movies. So, you know, I, I felt like it was perfect timing too because Dogma has some horror elements to it while still being like a classic Kevin Smith comedy. You know, I think this is actually like one of my favorite movies of all time. Maybe it's just like nostalgia or what? I don't know. But even like rewatching it, it it holds up to this day. I fucking love this movie. I was laughing. I was feeling for the characters. There's great character development. So, you know, all around pretty good movie here. It opens up with the, you know, this, Catholic Church, the uh, the priest is like, oh, we're kind of rebranding. We're gonna we're gonna do this good guy Jesus or buddy Jesus. I think it's just like Jesus doing a wink and a thumbs up. It's fucking stupid. Google buddy Jesus from Dogma uh, and take a look at that. It's actually funny because I always thought that buddy Jesus sculpture was from. Little Nicky, but uh, I misremembered. It's actually from Dogma. Both came out around the same time. Both have kind of like similar, similar elements, similar stories. But we're not talking about Little Nicky. We're talking about Dogma. <laughs> anyway, so yeah. And then uh, with that buddy Jesus, they announced that they're doing some sort of like blessed archway in the church where you just need to walk under the archway and you're absolved of all your sins. Um, so these two fallen angels catch word of this and, you know, they see it as a way for them to get back into heaven. You know, they're going to have to cut their wings off to become human again, walk under the arch to be absolved of all their sins. And then it's like they have a clean slate and then they, they just, they'll just kill themselves or have someone kill them. Full, foolproof plan, right? 
These two angels are uh, Bartleby, played by uh, uh, Ben Affleck, and Loki, the angel of death, played by Matt Damon. And, you know, this movie really shows, like, their chemistry, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. And, man, Matt Damon is such a terrific a actor. I think he's actually the best actor in this movie, like, when it comes down to, like, delivery and, you know, emotion and things like that. Ben Affleck comes out, like, a little stiff, I guess, a little wooden. But, man, Matt Damon can fucking act circles around the the whole cast, bro. Matt Damon really shines in this movie as Loki, the angel of death. And then we uh, meet the main character whose name I cannot remember. She's uh, basically the last scion, so she's there to prevent Armageddon or Dogma or Doomsday or whatever you want to call it, the end of the world, the rapture. Um, and yeah, we meet her. She's like talking with her Jewish friend about this new Catholic shit. And she's like, ah, this Catholic church is going crazy and shit. And this is all we ever see of this Jewish friend, the Jewish roommate. Although, uh, she is recognizable from, fuck, I think she's in a Marvel movie or two. But I don't know. I'd have to, I'd have to look up the Jewish friend's name again and, and, Look into that. But uh, she does have a recognizable face despite being in this movie for, for just a brief moment. And then the Catholic lady. Fuck, I wish I could remember her name. Uh, she goes to sleep that night and wakes up to a, a fire in her room. But the fire is talking. It's like... It is I, Metatron, the one true voice of God, played by Alan Rickman. She immediately reaches for that uh, fire extinguisher and extinguishes the fire. And he's like, he's like, starts coughing because he inhaled all the fucking fire retardant powder. He's like, geez, do you spray everyone down with fire retardant chemicals when they enter your room? No wonder you're single. Things like that, in true Alan Rickman fashion, said, taught, speaking in a way only Alan Rickman could. And then she's like, don't, you can take whatever you need, just don't kill me, don't rape me. And he's like, I couldn't rape you if I tried. And he, he's like, I'm as ill-equipped as a Ken doll, and pulls down his pants to reveal like this just flat surface, just like a Ken doll. And that's just how all angels are. They just got nothing down there. No genitalia. Uh. And then from here, the uh, Metatron character, Alan Rickman, tells her, you know, the story of what's going on. Two fallen angels are trying to get back into heaven. They found a loophole thanks to the Catholic Church's new, you know, holy archways or whatever they call it. And, uh, yeah, so they're, she needs to prevent that from happening because if they um like prove god wrong or like find a loophole or whatever then it causes the end of existence for for everyone existence just ceases there's no more existence so yeah metatron's like we got to find you your your uh, your prophets your apostles or whatever so 
Oh, I should mention when he introduces himself, they, he teleports her to like a bar down the street from her apartment. And then he just like, was like, all right, well, the mission starts now. And then he kind of disappears. And then she starts walking home. That's when, uh, you know, she's almost like a gang, a group of people come up and they're going to like try to rob her or rape her or whatever the case may be. But Jay and Silent Bob appear and save the day. <laughs> and uh, she's like, oh, thank you for, for doing that and shit. And Jay's like, Jay says some of the funniest shit right here. He's like, all I know is that those dudes would have beat the fuck out of you in Lunchbox if I wasn't here to represent. <laughs> like, okay, bro. That'll that'll get you, that'll get you uh that'll get you somewhere with this this woman yeah yeah those dudes would have beat the fuck out of you if I wasn't here <laughs> yeah no shit genius God I love I love Jane Silent Bob as characters it's 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 great and uh, she's just kind of all right see you later and uh, Metatron is like prophets two of them. Those are two of your prophets. She's like, oh, well, shit. All right. So she joins them and goes back to New Jersey with them because uh, it started out in New York, I think. She took, she followed, she went back with them to Jersey because that's where, you know, the the uh, church is doing the, the uh, Holy Archway thing. So she needs to go there to prevent the fallen angels from, from doing that damn thing. Uh, their car breaks down on the way because Jay doesn't know how to shift gears and just fucking burns the motor out. So now they're just like stranded and she's like, you know what? I'm going home. I think I was mistaken in, in coming with you. And Jay, Jay's like, what the fuck, lady? We fell in love with you. You know, guys like us don't just fall out of the sky. And then Chris Rock plays the first prophet. And he was written out of the Bible, of course, because he's black. And Jesus was also a black man, but they rewrote rewrote it in their own image because they, uh, you know, it's just a bunch of whites trying to rewrite history. <laughs> what else is new? And uh, yeah, so Chris Rock falls from the sky and they're all like, oh, freaking out and shit. And then what gets Chris Rock to wake up is like Jay says something about Con Air the movie and I'll, you probably never seen Conair. if you have then whatever <laughs> he's like jay i think he says something about like how Conair was a good movie and chris rock's character he's like man that movie was shit <laughs> and gets up out the fucking they start freaking out oh he's undead and he's like nah man i'm the first prophet i'm i'm jesus's closest friend and shit and uh so yeah chris rock joins the party then they go to the next area where they could find the apostle is uh, at a strip club where they meet serendipity played by none other than the beautiful Selma Hayek. And uh, kind of the same thing goes here. She's like, oh, I'm not a woman. I'm not a man. I'm an angel. I uh, don't have shit down here. Ken dolled up down here. Fully Ken dolled up. Um, oh, I'll, while all this is going on, there's a demon 
I forget the name of this demon. I think he's supposed to be just Lucifer, actually. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm almost 100% he's supposed to be Lucifer. And then he's got like three teenage hockey jockeys that, uh, that are his little demon henchmen or whatever. Go around and killing whoever he says. So, so Lucifer's whole thing is um, he wants Loki and Bartleby to cross through the arches and, and get back into heaven because, you know, he's finally escaped hell and he's on earth now. And he says that, you know, he'd rather not exist anymore than go back to hell. And if he has, if he has to take everyone down with him, then so be it. So, yeah, so while this is all happening with our main characters, uh, Loki and Bartleby are getting closer to the church. Lucifer is doing everything in his power to make sure that they get to the church and, you know, cross through to make existence just not exist anymore. And after the gang meets serendipity in the strip club, slash bar that's when uh lucifer arrives and and ties them all up he's like kills the bartender he's like you know how to make a holy bartender pulls out a fucking just a submachine gun of sorts and just starts unloading on this dude <laughs> made a holy bartender with you know a bartender with holes in him it's so funny. And um, while they're tied up, this Lucifer character's like revealing his evil mastermind planned and sh plan and shit. All the while, Serendipity's trying to get Silent Bob's attention to get him to grab the uh, priest's golf club knowing that he's the type of priest who would bless his golf club for better swings and uh you know lucifer is like sees them making eye contact or whatever and he's like oh what were you trying to get him to hit me with that golf club and he's like come on go ahead grab the golf club and he's like don't you know anything i'm a motherfucking demon so he doesn't know that Silent Bob is a prophet, and he doesn't know that the golf club has been blessed. If a prophet hits a demon with a blessed item, then the demon dies. So he's like, come on, hit me. We'll, we'll consider it a free shot, a gift. Go ahead. Come on, hit me. He unbuttons his shirt, and he's like, hit me right in the chest. And Silent Bob does, and his chest, like, cracks open, and it's just, like, black ooze, and he's like, flabbergasted he's like this shouldn't have happened i but i'm a motherfucking demon and then the three little henchmen demons um you know go to attack they have the last scion go and bless the water that's in the bar sink and then they dunk the the three demons heads into the sink killing them off as well with the with the holy water and whatnot and then it's from here where they get to the church, um, and Loki and Bartleby have already started, you know, killing everyone. 
But by the time they get there, Loki has already cut off his wings. So he's human and he's been drinking alcohol. So he's very drunk. Bartleby has not cut off his wings yet. He's still just flying around, picking up random people and dropping them from like hundreds of feet in the sky. Um, Bartleby sees the prophets arrive. Oh, I forgot to mention. There was one scene earlier in the movie where the main character chick, the last scion, the one Catholic lady, she is drunk on a train and meets Bartleby. And Bartleby's like, so what brings you to Jersey, you know? Just like kind of making small talk with the lady. He has no idea who she is yet, but she's like, I'm on this insane mission by angels. You're going to sound, you're going to think I sound crazy. And to anybody else, this lady would sound crazy as fuck. But because Bartleby is one of the angels that she's talking about, she's a, she lets them in on the whole plan. She's like, I've been sent here by God on a mission. It's going to sound so crazy to stop these two fallen angels from getting back into heaven. And she says it like it's a joke, but but you see it in Bartleby's face. He's like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. So he realizes that they're going to have to either kill Loki and him or, you know, something. Something to stop them. Either way, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be killed, but, you know, that's what he's like. Maybe you have to kill them. And she's like, oh, yeah, right. I'm just going to kill two angels. So Bartleby saw them coming. Bartleby was waiting for them pretty much so he could kill them and get into the church, cut his wings off, you know, the whole shebang. This is when Loki's like, uh, after Bartleby comes down and is like, oh, I'm going to go into the church and cut my wings off and by the time I exit there's going to be police here to shoot me dead. Loki's like, "All right, man, look, I can't let you do this. I can't let I can't let you destroy all of existence." So he's like, "I'm going to fight you. I'm going to fucking fight you." <laughs> and he's like, "Uh, Loki, Loki, Loki. You're human now. It makes your mind deluded and gives you a short lifespan and then stabs him right in the fucking kidney. So Loki bleeds out and dies there. Bartleby uh, starts fighting with some of the prophets. Uh, the last scion lady goes and hides behind a dumpster with Jay. Jay starts like stripping down because he made a very specific <laughs> ask in the beginning of the movie. He's like, all right, you can come to Jersey with us, but are you gonna are you gonna fuck us? And she's like, no. And he's like, what about if there's like five minutes left to live and we're all gonna die? Would you fuck us then? She's like, in that extremely unlikely scenario, yes. So he's like, starts stripping down. He's like, we got five minutes left, baby, come on. And she's like, what the fuck? And then he mentions like, so she told him about this dude in Jersey that was on life support that she was kind of, I don't know if I should unplug him from life support or what. And then he kind of offhandedly was like, Oh, forget about that fucking Jersey fellow. And she's like, what'd you say? Wait about that guy. He's like that fucking dude. You said you couldn't, you couldn't decide if you wanted to get him off life support. Go unplug it. He's just right there. So yeah, they're, they're literally right next to the, uh, to the hospital where this dude's on life support. And so she runs up there and unplugs the guy from life support and he explodes into like this just blue 
light. Turns out that God was trapped inside of this dude's body. So by unplugging the life support and letting him die, it released God back into the world. And uh, God, played by Alanis Morissette, comes up right as Bartleby's about to enter the church, right after Jay shot his wings off with a little Uzi. And Bartleby hugs God and starts crying and apologizes for, for all he's done. And I, at least how I interpret it, I think God forgave Bartleby and granted him access back into heaven, but as a human, so he doesn't get his angel wings back. Though I think what happened in Loki's case, I think God might have seen Loki's sacrifice and granted him his wings back as an angel. Um, maybe not the angel of death anymore. I'm not sure. Maybe he is the angel of death again. I, I, I don't know. Uh, I heard he does come back in Clerks 3, though, so that's something I'm looking forward to seeing. And, and maybe if my theory is right, that's that's a theory I've had for a long time since I was like, Maybe not a kid kid, because I first saw this movie when I was probably about four or five years old. That's why it's so nostalgic for me. Um, but I think I started kind of coming to that conclusion probably when I was like, I rewatched it again when I was like 11 or 12. And I was like, oh, maybe Loki got his wings back because he the sacrifices he made for humanity or, or whatever. So, yeah, man. And then, uh, yeah, God screams and pops off Bartleby's head and you know the main character lady the last scion she uh, started this movie as sort of like I don't know if you know I really have faith anymore to actually meeting God so that's comes full circle in this movie and then you know every everybody lives happily ever after and that's that's the end of the movie, you know. God goes back to heaven, and everyone joins hands and starts singing. Uh, on some Whoville shit, <laughs> and the end credits roll. So yeah, man, this movie uh, very nostalgic for me, really. Funny, really funny to this day. I, I honestly think it holds up pretty well. There's even like one moment with the CGI demon the, that's made out of like actual shit, where I think the CG is actually the, pra the not practical effects, but the the, the computer effects are, are not horrible for you know when this movie came out in oh I don't I don't remember the the year I want to say it was like 1998. Maybe 2000 on the dot. I don't remember. But yeah, for for back then, CGI was pretty damn good. And uh, also one of the funniest moments in the movie, I forgot to mention, there's there's one point uh, right in the beginning when, when our main character lady, she meets Jay and Silent Bob. And then she's like, she takes them to the diner and is like, look. I think I should come with you to New Jersey because God has sent me on a mission or whatever. And then Jay's like, oh, hell no, we're going without you. And 
he's like stands up and goes to leave and she stands up in front of him and he's like he like squares up with her he's like i'll yell rape <laughs> i'll yell rape and he's like squared up like he's about to punch her it's fucking great one of the funniest movies um with heavily religious undertones one of the funniest catholic movies i think so yeah, man, plugging this into the moist meter, I'm gonna give this one probably probably like a solid 92%. I fucking love this movie. It, it has nostalgia for me. I, th I think it holds up to this day. A lot of the jokes still land. Um, Kevin Smith, I think, was one of the, like the earliest like to to embrace kind of like um, not like non-conformist gender kind of things with. The whole Ken doll situation was kind of commentary, I think, in a way. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too far into that aspect. But, yeah, man, I'm going to give this one a 92% on Dogma. If you haven't seen this movie, I highly recommend it. I think it's Kevin Smith's finest work to date. Other than, you know, I haven't watched Clerks 3 yet, so I can't speak on that yet. But, yeah, man, one of the, one of the greatest movies of all time, in my professional opinion. Anyway, I'm going to call it uh, right there. We're going to wrap it up. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I hope you have a beautiful week, and I hope you have a beautiful weekend. All you beautiful people. And thank you for joining me today. Um, yeah, I'll see you next week. Bye.